Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose is focused on educating, empowering, and investing in women to support them with harnessing an entrepreneurial mindset to create the change in the world for the greater good. Through this series, we connect with women from all across New Zealand to inspire, teach, and share their pearls of wisdom through storytelling and sharing. I'm Catherine Vandermeulen, the founder of Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. Welcome to Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. I'm Catherine Vandermeulen, and joining me today is Deborah Crow, founder of Usefully. How are you, Deborah? No, kia ora. I'm well, thank you. And so tell us, who is Deborah Crow? Right. Well, I'll just start with um, my pipiha, because that's um, what I'm learning to do recently. So, ko takatimu toko na pai moanga, ko oriti toko awa, no Winton Southland aho, ko pakiha toko iwi, no Irani oko tipuna, ko Deborah Crow toko ingawa. So I'm Deborah Crow. I grew up on a farm in Southland and um, by the river Ariti. And the Takatimu mountain ranges are the ones that I looked out on growing up. And um, the other thing in there is all my ancestors have come over from Ireland. So I'm a fifth generation New Zealander and uh, very much of the land. So all my ancestry here in New Zealand has, have been farmers and, and all the ancestors who came out from Ireland were of the land from there. So that's very much a part of who I am. And so tell us about your call to adventure to launch Usedfully. Well, that's a sort of been a long meandering journey that's ended me up there. Um, and actually one of your earlier people that you interviewed, Bernadette Casey, is one of the co-founders with Usedfully, along with Peter Thompson. And Usedfully has evolved out of the work that the Formery have done. So the Formery have been involved in, I guess, uh, sustainable textile management for quite some time. And then Usedfully has come about because we realised that we really needed to take a systems approach to the, um, to the very, I guess, large problem of textile waste in particular, and not just the, the waste, but the whole textile production system. So stepping back a little, um, I guess, earlier in terms of my own journey and how I ended up there, um, I, after I left school, I went and did an engineering degree. I always actually wanted to do uh, fashion, but in my school days, I was denied the right to do my um, clothing and sewing because I, I had to go and do maths and languages. Um, so anyway, I ended up doing an engineering degree, and it didn't take me long in that environment to realize that really I was a systems person. I, I loved systems engineering, and I really wasn't a very detailed uh, person. And then after that, I, I found myself working in telecom, which is now Spark here in New Zealand. And uh, through that, I guess I, I developed my project management and sort of technology and IT skills. And then I went overseas for a while, as we do. And while I was overseas, I um, stumbled across a man called John P. Milton, who's the founder of The Way of Nature. And while I was there, I managed to do a, a beautiful retreat with him. And it really... I guess, connected me into the natural environment in a way that, while it was sort of quite uh, natural for me, but it, was, it gave me permission to connect with the environment in a way that I'd never really felt before. And I came out of that 
knowing that, you know, no matter what my work was, that it really need to, needed to be in service for the benefit of all beings and for our planet and for our environment. Um, and then it's fair to say it's taken me quite a while to navigate my way into a role where that is really the case. So uh, I ended up going back and doing a fashion degree uh, because that was one of the loves that I always had. But simultaneously, I found myself in a uh, technology entrepreneur startup world where um, that's where I first met Peter, who's also one of the co-founders of Usefully, and he worked for us there in a uh, software development role. And I, I joked that that company was called Run the Red, and I joked that we taught New Zealanders how to text. So we started that back in like 1999. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that journey, and I learned a lot, but I found it... Um, it didn't really meet my uh, environmental service needs, you might say. So I sort of felt this internal disconnect. And then we were fortunate enough that that business did do reasonably well, and we, we sold that back in 2014. And out of that, I found myself, uh, I guess, just doing a bit of mentoring, a bit of business advisory work. And that led me into a... Um, another startup area in anti-money laundering of all things. And it was while I was doing that that I began to realise um, a lot more about how the whole finance system works and commerce and that actually if we're to achieve our um, desires as far as uh, benefits for the planet and for all beings, we really need to rethink our whole capitalist system. I think it's, I think it's day has come. And we need to, um, yeah, look, look at what is a new paradigm for all of these things. And so now I kind of had environmental on one hand, I had technical enablement on another hand, I had this interest in the textile and fashion industry, and then I had this whole new sort of awakening around the commercial ecosystem and how it really isn't serving us. And it was around that time that um, I moved the, the anti-money laundering startup didn't work out for us so I sort of was finding myself with what do I do next and it was around about that time that um, Peter and Bernadette had had returned back from overseas and they'd got on touch to uh, see if I could help them out and bounce a few ideas around as far as what they were now doing and so then I just found myself I guess working with them more and more and then you know realizing that actually to apply myself for the work of usefully was really just the the perfect match for the skills and the experience and and where I've come from, and so now I really couldn't be in a happier place. You said something before around giving yourself the permission to connect with nature. Can you share a little bit more about that experience? Um, yeah, I think um, I think it was like for me, even growing up as a kid and, and on the farm, I'd always felt a very strong connection to nature. And that for me, you know, God is represented through nature and through the natural environment. And yet that wasn't really, I guess, what was um, the, the messaging that I was getting from our external parties, particularly being brought up in a, in a very strong Catholic environment. And so when I met John and I had this experience in the, you know, which was very much a spiritual experience, it was like, ah, oh, it, it just all made sense to me. It was like the, um, the connection, I guess, reaffirming my connection to source or God 
whatever you like to call it, but through nature and really listening and learning to listen to nature and, and through that connecting with your own or my own true nature and who am I really. Um, it was it was just such a revelation and it's really been a foundation, I guess, in terms of um, my life over these um, the next 25 years, you know. Now, you touched on some of them earlier relating to your trials and tribulations that you've experienced on the road to achieving your goals and impact. Are you open to sharing a few more of those? Yeah, sure. Um, I think that I've probably almost already touched on a little, but the, the biggest trials for me earlier was um, really the internal journey. So um, externally, I, you know, I think I came across as capable and, and um, you know, confident and, and very much performing to the expectations of the external messages that I was receiving. Um, but however, internally, there was a lot of confusion and a lot of conflict because it wasn't, there wasn't really alignment in terms of my own internal experience of the world and I guess how I was performing. Um, so I think that also then in turn creates, you know, depression and some dark times. And it's just taken a long time to um, work through that. And, and it's been, you know, I mean, I've, I've mentioned the way of nature already, but there's also been um, a lot of counselling in there. There's been a lot of coaching. I have studied many modalities from um, Reiki to family constellation to just normal facilitation training <laughs> in order to, uh, I guess, reconcile that for me. And and now I feel like at this stage in my life, I'm now a lot more integrated. So, so that challenge isn't there so much now. But the, um, the other side, I think, just from a pure, more business, you know, doing our work, the challenges are more around um, education and awareness of, of the issues of um, things like funding. Uh, I talked about it before, the, the commercial constructs that, that we operate in that, that most people are familiar with and how do we actually go on a journey to a new commercial paradigm that's that's more in service to purpose-led organizations wow and so bravery and courage are two leading traits of entrepreneurs how have they played a part in your experiences um yeah that's an interesting question I was reflecting on that and that um they were never things I really had a lot of problem with um for whatever reason, you know, um, you know, I love nothing better than some whitewater kayaking and going over waterfalls and, and doing challenging things and being in the outdoors. And, and so bravery itself, I've never been frightened to stand up or, or say, my, say my bit, so to speak. So that one I haven't really had, a, had much of a problem with and neither with courage. Although what I would say was that I've come to learn that in the um, there's a system of the Chinese five element systems and they talk about uh, emotional traits and one of the the thing that goes with courage is actually uh, sadness and grief and so in order to be courageous you know we also have to recognize and overcome um, whatever sadness or grief that we might also be carrying with us and so in my, it was really probably my late 30s and, and 40s where I then actually had quite a few miscarriages and that 
brought a lot of grief into my system. And I really had to work through that. Um, and I think in the process of, of working through that, I've actually come out even more courageous. The, the, the courage now to do the work that I truly believe needs to be done, uh, to have the difficult conversations when they come up, um, and I guess to, to not back down in the face of adversity has, has really come about through being prepared to confront uh, the sadness and the grief that has existed in my life. And I, and I think I notice that in others too, that if there's, if there's a lot of grief in their system, they often find it quite difficult to be courageous. But once they begin to work through that, it's amazing what opens up. And I love that you've shared those things that sit in the shadows, like that, you know, sadness and grief sit in the shadow of courage because I think behind a lot of our experiences and a lot of our uh, external facade, there's a lot of shadows that are shadowing other things that are going on for us and they're living and breathing in us every single day. Absolutely. And I think, um, I think the world of the entrepreneur is a fast track of shadow work couldn't agree more yeah so Deborah, share with us what the word purpose really means to you so for for me purpose um I guess is a manifestation of of for me doing what I'm uniquely capable and here to do and you you might say for me it's like the channeling of of source and or god in terms of what is it that I've been put here to manifest? And so being in tune with that then means I can deliver on purpose. And the, but the key thing to that too, and I've alluded to it already, is that the intent of that purpose so that it's not, it's not actually for my benefit, it's for the benefit of all beings and um, be that, you know, people, be that the planet itself, be that the animals, our flora, you know, things that we might consider inert being just the rocks. Um, yeah, so it's it's very much about the intent of what it is that you're doing and, um, and that that is for the benefit of more than just yourself. So a big part of Entrepreneur Women with Purpose's Purpose is really supporting women and their businesses to become the best versions of themselves. What are some of the daily rituals and routines that make you the best version of you? Um, so one of the, the key things for me that I had to learn was how to relax. Um, so I was very much a classic type A personality. I was very much do, do, do. And so for me, simply learning how to be and learning how to relax has been a very um, significant part of my journey. So when I wake up in the morning, before I get out of bed, I simply just lie there for a few minutes, sometimes longer than, than others, depends on what time I wake up. And I basically just like do a almost like body scan through, through my whole being. Of, um, and, and I notice where am I holding tension so that tension might be physical tension and I'll just, I'll just notice it and observe and if I can, you know, relax it, then I will. And I also then do a scan in terms of like, well, what a, what's my emotional state? Where, where might I be holding tension emotionally um, or mentally or spiritually? So, it, so I just give myself a, that opportunity to um, do a bit of a stock take on a daily basis of how, I'm, how I am and then really listening to the messages that I get back 
And from there, I'm able to think, oh, okay, so do I need to take some action around that? Is there a conversation I need to have? You know, do I need to do some exercise? Do I need a massage? And so it informs, I guess, the rest of my day. And then when I um, get up, the first thing I do then is actually a 20-minute meditation. So I do transcendental meditation. And I just find that that um, daily practice of that meditation really just um, settles me in a way that then allows me to get on with the day and and just I guess in, in terms of whatever that day shows up for. And, and ideally on a good day, I'll do a second meditation in the middle of the afternoon. But I have to admit that that's a habit that I haven't managed to um, entrench yet. And what did your scan of your emotional state inform you about your day today? Uh, well, actually, it was yesterday I, I want to just share with you because you'll know that I, I asked to move the meeting, to move the time we did this call. And one of the things I realised was that I had overcommitted my morning this morning and I was feeling a tension around that. And, um, and then I realised, oh, okay, what can I move? Okay, I just need to ask. I need, you know, gave myself permission to ask to move the meeting just to put some more ease into my day. So it's a so practical... very easy to do. Yeah. We need to ask for the things that we want rather than putting up the shields and barriers around those things to make way and space for those things. Yeah, but an earlier version of me would have just ignored that and and I would have gone ahead when we said and my whole morning would have been compromised, you know. And so thinking about, you know, this global time of change, where have you been able to create new opportunities? So this last year has um, been very focused on the Used for Lee uh, mission and the, the work that we've had to do there. And the... Um, I think the gift of, of COVID for us in, in terms of New Zealand too is really realising that we do need to take more uh, responsibility of doing what we can within our own shores. Um, and it's not that exporting things or importing things isn't great, but I do think we there's a lot more that we can do to take care of ourselves here. And so looking at solutions for how we use our own, um, what we've previously considered waste, and turn that into resources to meet our needs here has uh, really been the focus of our of our last year. And um, not only for New Zealand, but we, we're able to, I think the advantage of the smallness of New Zealand is we can actually then see the system and then offer a deep demonstration to other countries or other um, demographics who are maybe of a similar size to us or having some of the similar issues. So it's it's been both a uh, looking inward, and I don't just mean personally, but sort of inward as New Zealand, and then looking at how do we meet our own needs, like put our own oxygen mask on first, and then from that, what can we offer out to the rest of the world? And so thinking about the 12 months that are ahead of us, where will you focus on impact? So um, we've just delivered a paper to government on recommendations from the textile industry in terms of, uh, I guess, regulatory and, and legislative guidelines to government. And along with that, we've also just come up with a program for a pilot for a product stewardship scheme in New Zealand. So out of that are some very practical things that we would like to see put in place that will be driving and spearheading from um, infrastructure to help 
aggregate and sort our textiles to gather more data and information on what it is that we're actually dealing with and continuing our research work on solutions uh, of how we can use textile as a resource so fundamentally it's either organic material or it's uh, plastic and polyester is plastic so looking at how we can use those materials in other industries uh, we've already done some significant work in terms of the roading industry and we're looking into the building industry as well so we'll be focusing our energies on on getting these things um, implemented a uh, big part of that will be raising funds to do that Funding infrastructure development in New Zealand uh, is tricky, but uh, it's essential. So we won't be, um, we will, we'll be continuing to put those messages forward. But it's going to be busy 12 months. So Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose has an incredible community uh, of women and some men, I will say, across Australia and New Zealand. What's that one thing that you are super passionate about that you would like to call for action from our community? Uh, I think the key thing for me is taking time to listen, uh, to listen to yourself, but also to listen to our natural environment. And, um, you know, often when you've got those biggest problems and wondering how, how to solve them, they, you know, people talk about going for that walk on the beach or the walk out in nature. But, but to, you know, my um, suggestion or, or request would be to do that in a very mindful way where you're actually putting that question, you know, to the natural environment that, that is your surrounds and, and actually then listening to see what sort of response you might find you get back. And it might feel a bit odd to start with, but um, the more one practices that and really invites nature's voice in as a stakeholder and as a contributor to your work, then the more likely it is to, to be of service to everything. Well, thank you so much, Deborah, for sharing your world and your wisdom with entrepreneurial women with purpose. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for asking. Toitu EnviroCare is an important and valued partner for entrepreneurial women with purpose in our collective approach to New Zealand being carbon zero by 2030. Through measuring, managing and reducing our carbon impact, we can all be contributors to the goal. Check out their new SMB and farming tools at toitu.co.nz.